Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you have ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. I am your host, Patty Porter. My guest hosts, Dina Zumetta and Stephen Kotev, along with our guest experts, will share our experiences, raise your awareness, and give you food for thought. We will share with you problem-solving strategies, no matter what your situation is, at work, with neighbors or friends, family, or partners. Tune in or join in the conversation every Tuesday evening. Well, welcome, listeners. It was the best of times, the worst of times. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness, quoted from Charles Dickens in Tale of Two Cities. The holidays are upon us, and we are often reminded of our best memories and our worst family reunion nightmares. The holiday season alone puts a lot of stress due to high expectations of meeting long-held family traditions and conjures up past resentments and unresolved conflict with family members. So when you add into the holiday mix an aging parent with caregiving needs or a seriously or even terminally ill spouse, a sibling or parent, then the stressors intensify. So in tonight's episode, Family Holidays, Celebration or Mayhem, How to Cope with Illness, Aging, and Unresolved Issues addresses how do you get ahead of the curve now? How do you plan and prepare to reduce the stress, release anxiety, and manage expectations? So our guest tonight comes from Connecticut. He is Dr. Joe Nowinski. That's N-O-W-I-N-S-K-I. And he is taking your live calls tonight. We also have the chat room open as well. Joe is a clinical psychologist who has held positions as assistant professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco, and Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Connecticut. He is the co-author with Dr. Barbara Okun, and I'll probably mispronounce that, listener, so it's O-K-U-N, of Saying Goodbye, A Guide to Coping with a Loved One's Terminal Illness. And uh, Dr. Joe Nowinski currently blogs for Psychology Today. So if you're in the chat room now, and some of you are, thank you for joining us there, or on our Twitter feed, we're using the hashtag ConflictChat. If you are already on the phone, great. We are, we'll take your calls uh, today live. Uh, but if you're listening via your computer, you can call 347 324 3591 to talk with us. Um, we do have our again our chat room open at Texas Conflict Coach there at blogtalkradio.com and we invite you to use again the Twitter feed. Um, now Dr. Joe Nowinski also has a Twitter handle uh, which is just like it sounds Dr. Joe Nowinski uh, with the hashtag there. So welcome Joe. Thank you for coming to our program and educating our listening audience. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a very important topic. It is, and I'm glad we're doing it early. Oftentimes we do this, you know, way toward the end of November, December, but it's like let's get a head start now, and and that's something that you really promote is don't wait till the last minute. Let's think about what these early conversations need to be now, uh, you know, as we begin to head into the holidays. You have a lot of experience with this area, and we've had a chance to talk ahead of time. So I'd like to discover, uh, start our exploration and discovery um, from some of the family interviews that you used and referenced 
in your latest book, Saying Goodbye, especially as it relates to the holiday season. And by the way, can you clarify, because I'm sure I did not say Barbara's last name correctly, what is the pronunciation of her last name? That's fine. It's Barbara Oaken, O-K-U and Barbara Oaken. Okay, Oaken. Yeah, and and, uh, she and I uh, were very fortunate um, in that we uh, had the opportunity to interview uh, a, a large number of families and patients also uh, of people who were in treatment for terminal or potentially terminal illnesses. And that's where uh, the, the basis for the book uh, Saying Goodbye came from. However, what we learned, uh, interestingly enough, is that it not only applies to dealing with families who are facing terminal illness in a loved one, which, by the way, all of us will at some point in our lives, will either be the patient or will be, um, it will be one of our loved ones. But it also applies to people who are aging, uh, parents who are, say, 80 or 90 years old and who are becoming more infirmed, uh, people who have just kind of chronic illnesses that are affecting their ability to function. And every family uh, has to deal with that. And so we learned a great deal from interviewing uh, families about how that affected them, and how to cope with it. And it's especially relevant, as you point out, around the holidays. Because as you said in your opening statement, that we have a lot of high positive expectations for the holidays. People want to feel good. And people sometimes have uh, many good memories. Uh, But also, uh, there's the other side of the coin. And I think it is important to sort of start thinking about it ahead of time now instead of waiting for the last minute because when people wait for the last minute, there's usually nothing they can do to make themselves feel better. And uh, the the stress just sort of gets to them at some point. So now is a good time to think about uh, your family, the upcoming holidays, uh, the good, obviously the good, the good things about it that you remember, but also the bad things and what you can do about the bad. Mm. Well, you know, and we, we, and you know, I think people rationally know that these are the things we should be talking about early on and planning ahead, but we don't. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. from your discoveries with the interviews, what what was the hardest thing? Why were they putting these things off? Why were they resistant? Probably because they didn't feel okay about how they felt. Let me explain that. Uh, the holidays as they come up, you know, obviously for every family uh, are, you know, very important times in, in, in the life of a family. And sometimes people, often people have very fond memories, okay, uh, and high expectations about, about uh, the holidays. But it's not uncommon for people to also have negative feelings. Uh, and typically what they, 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 they take a form of resentment. You know, I resent, uh, you know, something about my family or my growing up. And, um, but, but what people often tend to do that complicates it is just avoid it. They want to avoid those feelings. And so the first thing that Barbara and I learned from these interviews is the value of accepting those feelings. Instead of trying to deny them, run away from them, uh, to accept the fact that maybe it makes you very anxious. Maybe it makes you depressed. Maybe it brings up a lot of resentments. People often feel, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. You know, uh, I, I really need to bury those resentments. And so what happens is they, they try to avoid those feelings 
and they end up going through the holidays and really, you know, kind of toughing it out, not having a really good time, feeling very stressed. Uh, so the first thing is to accept the fact that um, if your family has changed because suddenly somebody who's very central in the family, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a spouse, uh, is very ill, maybe terminally ill, or just dealing with a very serious illness, uh, that the family dynamics have changed. Also accepting the fact that maybe you're carrying around some resentments from the past, you know. They could vary from the fact that uh, maybe you felt that you had too much responsibility growing up and everybody else sort of like was kind of skating, if you will. Uh, maybe you have feelings about the fact that maybe you were the black sheep of the family and you've mm-hmm. never really dealt with it. Uh, So the first step is basically to accept the fact that you may have mixed feelings about about the holidays, not just positive feelings, but mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. And instead of denying it, to kind of accept that. Okay, that's a great first strategy around some of what might be going on because, you know, a lot of times people assume that the holidays are already, you know, filled with good emotions um, and yet um, that, that's, not always, that's always the, not always the case for many, many, many families out there regardless of even if they have a sick or dying a family member. Now, right. you did say something earlier uh, about, you know, what they'll do is they'll go through toughing it out why don't uh, folks like that, uh, why are they reluctant to ask for help, especially when there's a loved one that's really sick or dying? You know, we know we have those yep. negative feelings, but why do, they, why do they get so resistant to even asking for help and trying to tough it well, out by themselves? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a, that's a really good question. Not, they may not be terminally ill or so, but they could just be older. You know, they could be elderly. could be a, a parent who can't carry on a you know, the, the old family traditions, the way that, that they used to. So, but often the reason people just don't won't want to accept their feelings is guilt, that I shouldn't feel that way, um, that it's not right, that I should just kind of do what I've got to do and, you know, sort of follow the family traditions. But, you know, they may not feel right about it. They may have some resentments that they're trying to bury. So it's often just kind of... Um, a sense of guilt about I shouldn't feel this way. Um, uh, I shouldn't, uh, you know, try to change anything. I've just got to kind of, uh, I've just kind of deal with what I've got to deal with. And so, uh, you know, what happens to families, by the way, when they get together for, for uh, occasions like the holidays is that uh, I think most people can relate to this. They revert to the old roles they had when they were growing up. So, you know, whatever role they played uh, in a family when they were younger, uh, as soon as they get together or anticipate the holidays, they kind of we kind of revert to those old roles. Uh, so if your old uh, role when you were growing up was to be kind of, say, a parental parent, you know, you were very responsible and took care of everything. So it's very easy to revert to that old role. Uh, but underneath that, there can be some resentment because, you know, you may feel, Hey, I, you know, I'm doing too much, you know, I'm trying to carry the family on my back. Uh, and, you know, you know, I feel guilty about saying anything about it or even guilty about feeling that way because the holidays after all are supposed to be all fun. Right. So uh, there's a, there's often guilt that underlies the, the, the resistance to or reluctance to accept how you really feel. 
So I have a question because you brought up resentment, you brought up guilt. Um, we have a lot of emotional wounds, many of us do. And again, this is mm-hmm. on top of if we're dealing also with a sick, an older, a parent who just can't get along or not get along, right. get around, um, right. you know, or, or dying. So that's on top of everything. But why are old wounds and resentments, why are they so highlighted for families during this particular time of the year? Why not just all year round? Why this particular time is it seemed to be under a microscope? They are largely because this is the time of year, say uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, where families get together. Uh, you know, today in, in America, families are, are often, you know, either far flung or even if they live geographically close, you know, the way we live today, everybody being so busy, uh, if you talk to uh, most people, Bill, and you ask them, well, how often do you get together with the whole family? They'll say basically holidays, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. They may get together occasionally for a child's birthday or something like that, but it's the tip, you know, typically it's the holidays. And also the holidays uh, build a lot of expectations. You know, everybody, you look at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for Thanksgiving. Everybody's supposed to be happy, okay? The idea is that by the time Santa Claus comes at the end of the parade, everybody's supposed to be really happy. The same thing <laughs> is true for Christmas or Hanukkah, right? Everybody's yes. supposed to be happy. And they get together. That's the key. This is to, because, our, because the way our, our culture is today, a lot of families only really get together around these holidays. And that's what brings up you know, a lot of stuff that people just would rather not think about, uh, you know, the rest of the year. Uh, and that's okay. Maybe they don't want to think about it. But the problem is that the feelings still are there. The feelings, you know, of resentments, or jealousies, whatever it is that, that you know, has bothered you, uh, then they tend to, to crop up. And I said before, uh, the worst thing to do is try to deny it and say, oh, no, I shouldn't feel that way. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. That's not the best way. Uh, and like, for example, dealing with a terminally ill parent, uh, a child who has basically uh, become the parental child, you know, has taken, taken on uh, most of responsibility for dealing with, with a terminally ill parent um, may do so willingly. But that, that man or woman may also, you know, have a certain amount of resentment that nobody else is kind of, you know, helping as much as they could. Mm, yeah, so so when you combine all of these really interesting dynamics, right, so you've got families yep. who are spread around the ge- geographical location who might only have time to get together at, at, at the holiday time, so it intensifies that. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we have old wounds, resentments, jealousies. We tend to revert back to, you know, to old roles that we had when we were young. Even even exactly. like my even my husband, who's, you know, 50 years old, sometimes he, when he gets back home, he uh, it's almost like he's a little boy with his parents I'm like you are a 50 year old man (laughs) that is no longer your role (laughs) and we laugh about it you know but but it is true it triggers all of those things and then when you have these expectations of past tradition 
and you have all of that, and then you've got a family member that you're dealing with, um, you know, and, and because if there's one sibling or one particular p- person that's used to taking the responsibility, I'm sure that stress and tension builds. And a lot right. of times I would imagine that family members don't know what to do. Like, are we changing tradition because something's wrong with mom or dad or now they're in the nursing home? Or, you know, it's almost like they, they, bec- they shut down, they become paralyzed, they just don't know what to do, so they, they're almost robotic. They just do what they know to do from from right. the past, I would imagine. But right. and maybe exactly. that maybe that came out in your interviews as well. I don't know what yes. paralyzes them. Yes, 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 it does. Well, it's just the fact that people uh, you, you know tend to want to bury those feelings, and they then become paralyzed. They become trapped by them. I mean, your husband, maybe your husband really had a very you know comfortable role in the family, and uh, but he may have siblings who are jealous, you know, who were jealous of him growing up, uh, but they don't want to express that because it's the holidays and everybody should be happy. So, uh, you know, our advice uh, to, to people was don't be so passive. You know, after, you know, accepting, for the first step is accepting how you might feel. The second step is don't be passive. It mm-hmm. may, you know, it may be that your parent who is getting older, very old and can't carry on the traditions or maybe ill, and can't carry on the traditions. And so instead of, you know, just feeling kind of depressed uh, or stuck in your old role, as you say, you know, uh, families get together on holidays and it takes only an hour for everybody to get into their old role. Uh, but, mm. so, you know, you know, sort of uh, don't be passive, uh, you know, empower yourself, you know, to, to make some changes. And that's really the key second step to to accept how you feel and then don't get stuck in it don't just sort of mm. wallow in feeling resentful you know that you were the black sheep in the family growing up or that your sibling uh you know was favored or that you're carrying too much responsibility for an aging parent you know accept those feelings and then second empower yourself you know you can you can make changes and you should maybe you need to uh, create new family traditions. So, you know, you can take the lead in that. Maybe, you know, the holiday is going to take place in somebody else's house. Maybe people are going to have to contribute to like what you, you know, to, to making the dinner. So empower yourself. Uh, also empower yourself in terms of changing your role. If you were the black sheep mm-hmm. of the family growing up, well, do you still want to play the role of the black sheep? Or are you in a different place now in your life? And how would you change that? You know, how would you find your voice, if you will, and step forward and and uh, make a change in, in, in the way you, the role you play in the family? Uh, so mm-hmm. taking act, don't, not being passive about it is really critical. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, just blindly accepting that that's the role and you have no control or power over that. Even right. though people might still react, respond, and put you in that role, you no longer right. have to respond in that way. Listeners, you're, you are, we are tuned into the Texas Conflict Coach Blog Talk Radio program, and I invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio and through uh, Twitter with at TX Conflict Coach. And I'm speaking with psychologist Dr. Joe Nowenski from Connecticut uh, about really preparing for the holidays you know is it really celebration or is it mayhem and how do we cope with illness aging and unresolved issues 
And a couple of things that uh, Joe has already mentioned here is the first is don't deny the negative feelings. It's really quite normal. Everyone has grown up in a family. So unless you were isolated and on Mars, everyone has family. We have all have resentments, jealousies, hurts, guilt. And the thing about your saying is accept those negative feelings and don't sit in them. Don't sit in the depression. Don't do nothing about it. Empower yourself, you said, to make the change. And one of those significant changes is change the role. So like you said, if you were a black sheep, if you were the, you know, you were the one that was uh, seen as the victim or the, you know, the quiet one or whatever the role was that you had and you no longer want to fulfill that role, it's your job and you're, uh, you're, you're really in control of changing that role. And like you said, how do you do that and how do you find that voice? So what are you going to do about it basically? You have a voice and how can you do that? The other is asking for, for what you need and asking for help, especially if you're the one who, whose responsibility or, or the family says, oh, she'll do it. She's always taking care of mom. Let's right. talk to that person. What would you say to that person that's listening and that says, that, that responsibility is on me. I feel overwhelmed by that. What would you say to that person? Well, I'd say don't just uh, sort of sit in your resentment because the the, the person who has – you know, in every family, when this happens, uh, illness, aging, uh, somebody s- steps up to the plate. By the way, typically if a family member, say it's a parent or, or a spouse, gets a diagnosis that's terminal or potentially terminal, initially the whole family sort of, you know, comes together and, uh, and, and wants to help. And that's, that's very good. But as time goes on, what we found from all of our interviews is that those some of those people, a lot of those people kind of, you know, fade into the background. And it's usually one or two people who step up to the plate, okay, and take on the, the, the great majority responsibility. And it could be for just, you know, it could be for taking care of an aging or Ill, Ill parent, or it could be for taking over the family traditions. But what happens to those people is eventually they start to feel burned out. You know, they, they, they willingly take out the, respons- the responsibility, but let's face it, they start to get burned out. They may feel guilty about that. They may feel they've got to keep, keep doing it, but they feel burned out. So, so we said, first of all, accept those feelings. Stop denying those feelings. If you start to feel resentful, accept it. It's okay to feel burned out or resentful, but don't be passive, you know, um, and don't, you know, the worst thing that people can do when they're dealing with an aging or ill, say, parent or spouse is that somebody will call say, uh, let me know if there's anything I can do. Well, that's the worst thing that somebody can say because we found that most of the time people are reluctant to actually ask for help. And so they end up becoming more and more isolated. So we tell people, get over your shyness, get over your, you know, your reticence, reach out and ask for help, you know, say, you know, what would really help is if you brought the dessert for Thanksgiving dinner, you know, everybody else made some desserts. So I don't have to worry about that. Or uh, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's kind of uh, uh, decide how we're going to celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah. What are we going to do? Where is it going to be? So kind of, you know, don't sit in your resentment because that's not going to get you anywhere. Take action and, uh, you, know, you know, ask for what you need. 
again, uh, and if you're in the other position, if you know uh, it's, it's it's someone in your family who gets ill, my our advice has been don't say if there's anything I can do, let me know, uh, because you'll never hear from them. All right. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is say, uh, let me bring. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to bring over dinner every Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, or, or one uh, one man who uh, said his his uh, his brother said I'm going to come over and mow your lawn every Saturday. Okay, didn't say just you know if you need help ask me, but kind of stepped up to the plate and said I'm going to do this. On the other side of the coin is if you're in a position uh, where you feel like you're taking on too much responsibility, uh, you don't know you know what's the family going to do moving forward. You need to sort of, you know, not just sit there and feel resentful, but step up to the plate and say, this is what I need. Who's willing to do it? Okay. And that's, you know, that may, that may be difficult for some people to do, but I call it kind of finding your voice. Uh, Instead of being quiet, find your voice, step up and say, this is what I need. This is what the family needs. How are we going to do it? And the thing about it is, listeners, you know, we, we see this a lot in the work that I do in conflict is, that, you know, find that voice and yes. step up and speak for that. But what often happens is because we hold our tongue and we're passive, as right. you say, we wait till we at burned out level and we explode like a volcano. And then it comes out yeah. not as, I need your help. Instead, it comes out, how come you never help me? How come you never pitch in? Why are you blah, blah, blah? Right. And then it goes back probably to something that happened 20 years ago in the family. And right. Well, when we were children, right. you blah, 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 right? They go there. Right. Not very constructive or productive when really what you're saying is, one, don't deny whatever you're feeling. It's okay. It's normal. Say, I'm feeling burnt out. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Right. And that by just naming it and vocalizing it out loud, whether just to yourself or maybe your spouse uh, or, or your brother or whomever, just by naming it takes a lot of power out of that. Uh, I right. find that by doing that. And so I like what you're saying, but for those who really have a strong t- you know, time you know, vocalizing that, I love the strategy that you just gave, which is what, what if you are the spouse supporting your spouse who is really struggling? What if you're the friend that's seeing them struggle and you're like, I just hate seeing them struggle. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, right. sometimes people will just pray for me. Okay, well, that's great. Prayers have their, have their place, but you're saying be specific. I will bring dinner over on Wednesday. I will come over and mow your lawn on Saturdays. I will come vacuum your carpet and take your dogs for a walk. Be specific because otherwise, like you said, they'll never hear from you. I I see that all the time. (laughs) That's a great strategy. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask is that, you know, um, one of the things, too, you know, in in terms of helping and stuff – one of the things that happens, uh, there's two things I wanted to, to bring out One that we talked about even in our planning call is, is this, there's two angles, and you can choose which way you want to go, uh, which is we have these old traditions, as you know, that we grew up with, but now maybe they can't be honored for any number of reasons, right? Geographical, right. Right. mom can't cook the turkey dinner anymore, whatever right. those traditions are. So there is a sense, I've, I would imagine, of disappointment and loss. What do we do with those feelings of loss or mourning those traditions? Well, again, it starts with accepting that, that uh, – 
you know, I feel bad that, you know, we can't do, you know, the family tradition that we used to do. Maybe it's divorce, maybe it's illness, maybe it's aging. Uh, you know, those are, are, are realities. But um, again, I guess my point is not to be negative, but that by accepting, accepting those feelings is a doorway to change. Okay, so uh, what, you know, we often talk about and some of the interviews we, we did with, say, terminally ill people was someone who stepped up to the plate and said, well, we're going to create a new family tradition. Uh, you know, it's sad that we can't follow the old one. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, dad is dead and mom is aging and we can't have the, the, the Thanksgiving dinner and the, the way we used to have. But instead of just feeling bad about that, accept that and then say, well, let's create a new tradition. Uh, let's create a new family tradition. And um, that can be very important, really, really critical because families are so far flung today. You know, uh, people may feel when, when I was young, the whole family got together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and this is what we did. But now people live a thousand miles apart. So what, what we found that people advise us, this is what actually the, the interviewees advise us, is tell people to create their own new traditions. So uh, that's really critical. And, you know, that's, that's the way to get past the bad feelings. First, you, you acknowledge the bad feelings, and then you kind of uh, empower yourself and find your voice, and you change your role in the family, or you mm-hmm. change uh, or you create a new tradition that actually leads to a lot of, you know, good feelings. And, and the holidays can become a good time again, but they won't become a good time again if you just sort of get stuck in the resentment or get stuck in the mourning for the way things used to be. It's like getting stuck in quicksand and you're at the halfway point. You're like, okay, right. exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't exactly. know how to get out. Somebody to throw me a rope or I learn how to, you know, maneuver out of that. And that can be, you know, very burdensome and stuff. Now, one thing we want to know as a psychologist, you, you, you have a huge practice uh, and do a lot of research and writing. Um, listeners who are in who normally just during the regular year experience anxiety and depression we would I would expect that with the holiday time and the additional stresses that that could actually right. make that worse. That's normal that that would happen, right? Right, right, exactly. And you know, you know, anxiety and depression are real, and they're you know they're 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 probably the number one you know mental uh, diagnoses today. And uh, medication, for example, can help that. Uh, you know, medication can help anxiety. It can help depression. But research clearly shows that medication alone uh, is not nearly as effective as medication plus change, okay? And, you know, it may be, it may be a little challenging. It may be a little difficult. Uh, but sometimes people need the help of a coach or a therapist uh, to make those changes. We talked about, you know, tonight, you know, say finding your voice, uh, saying I need I need help, uh, that can be the way out from along with say medication that can be the the way out from uh, depression. Uh, same thing with anxiety. People who are say uh, burdened with taking care of a terminally ill or aging parent can feel a tremendous amount of anxiety. They worry every day. You know, they're taking their medication. Do what about the doctor's appointments? How are they? How are they doing? You know. 
so basically kind of uh, accepting those feelings, the anxiety, but then not just sitting with it, not just feeling, well, I can't reach out, but finding your voice and saying, I need help, for example. Um, you know, and that could be family members. It could be even community. It could be from a local church or synagogue. It could be reaching out to saying, you know, I need, I need some help. Uh, and that actually can make, can make the holidays much more enjoyable. Mm, absolutely. When you know can, you can really do that. I did have one interesting comment in the uh, chat box, and, and yeah. it really kind of go to the old guilt and old roles and things. And one of the individuals wrote, you know, what if you know you you go home and you're you put a the the family the the person in the chat room said uh, the comment they received was uh, too bad you put I'm imagining a family member said this to them too bad you put in the effort to lose weight when when you were heavy you at least looked younger. So there's these you know these jabs that family members will do and it probably goes back yeah. to those old roles when when someone hears that yeah. and they're already dealing with the stress and they're having that added responsibility or what when they're hearing these jabs what do they how would you suggest they respond to something like so that they don't get baited or react to that well well first of all uh you know you know those kind of things happen like you know uh you know, you never wore that very, you know, you never wore that good in school. You know, you always look better when, you know, when you were thinner. First of all, uh, don't just absorb that and sit with it. Okay. Accept it. That, that, that really makes me feel bad. That brings up a lot of jealousy. That brings, that, that makes me feel uh, my, my body image wasn't good when I was young. And this kind of, you know, brings it back. Usually, by the way, uh, when that happens in families, the root of it is a lot of kind of jealousy or sibling competition. And so somebody saying that in order to sort of put you back to where you were when you were growing up. So our, our advice is don't go there. You know, you're different now. You know, you d- d- just resist falling back into that, own ro- that old role. So you might say something like, I feel pretty good about how I feel, you know, how I'm doing right now with my weight. I feel, I, I feel pretty comfortable about my body. Thank you very much. Or actually, I feel, you know, I'm okay with, you know, where my career is right now. So, you know, accepting that it may hurt, but again, finding your voice. Don't just sit there. And and sure, it may ruffle some feathers, you know. Uh, Speaking up may make somebody else uncomfortable. But guaranteed, it's going to make you feel more comfortable. And it's going to change your role in the family from someone who just sort of maybe accepts criticism and feels depressed to someone who... Find your voice and stands up for yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it makes sense, too, that that person who makes those comments, maybe that was their role to criticize, uh, and so they want to continue that role. And the thing that you're saying, Joe, is you listeners do not have to continue to play the old role. And I'm glad that you said accept it because it's not accepting. You're not saying accept the comment and, and just sit there and be beaten up on. You're saying accept the fact that it made you feel hurt. Right. And but that you don't have to sit with it, and you don't have to attack back, and you don't have to be mean and nasty. 
you can right. say, you know, that really hurt. And, you know, I worked really hard right. and I feel really good about who I am. And that's the voice you're saying. Right. Uh, so there's right. a delicate balance between taking the bait and playing the old role and getting defensive or right. attacking or however your strategy was to being like, you know what, I'm confident. I feel courageous and I feel good about who I am today or where I am today. And, boy, will that it's- surprise the other person. <laughs> Exactly, and it could be someone, say, who had a substance abuse problem when they were younger, and now they're in recovery. And so somebody brings up the fact, you know, says something nasty about, you know, well, you were really a problem when you were young. And instead of just feeling depressed, you know, accept the fact that that hurts, as you said, it does hurt. And But then saying, yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about where I am right now. That's changing your role in the family. It's changing the family dynamics. Now, of course – that could, you know, ruffle the feathers, uh, so to speak. But guaranteed, it could move the family in a positive direction. It mm-hmm. actually could, you know, change your role in the family, could actually force other people to shift their roles to some extent. And, and the statement that you just provided, like, I feel pretty good where I'm at, one sentence, yeah. keeps it simple, doesn't, you know, drag into a, you know, a huge fight, just, right. you know, I feel really good right. about where I'm at. Period. And and that's a safe place to be. So, oh, right. gosh, we could talk forever, and I know we're over time. And listeners, y'all have been so patient. Thank you for being with us in the chat room. We always, uh, listeners are so used to us giving them assignments for the week or a call to action, something to allow them to take the next step. What do you have for them? Well, I'd say that taking from our discussion tonight, uh, first of all, plan now, as you said at the beginning. Don't wait until uh, if you're a Christian, don't wait till uh, December 23rd to think about what you're going to do. Okay, start thinking about it now. Uh, think about what feelings, aside from the positive feelings you, you might have anticipating, say, the holidays, you know, try to get a handle on what negative feelings you have. Uh, you know, is it resentment? Is it jealousy or, 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 or whatever? And then the second step is to not be passive. But to think about one little thing, even one little thing you can do to change the, uh, your role in the family, for example. Uh, and my, I guarantee you that what we found out from our interviews is that even one little thing can make you feel much better about yourself, uh, can make you know, the holidays uh, more enjoyable for you, and actually can maybe precipitate a little bit of change in the family as a whole. Mm, very powerful. Thank you very much. And, and folks, we'll put this on the, the program page as well as a summary. What's the best way for them to find out more information about you, Joe? Well, they can go to my website, uh, which is very catchy, josephnowinski.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a catchy very name. <laughs> that's right, josephnowinski.com. And they'll, they'll find my contact information there if they want to get in, uh, in touch with me. And they'll, they'll also see, you know, my, my, my books are listed there. Or they can go to Amazon.com and they can just, you know, type in Joseph Nowinski and they'll find my books there too. Yeah, because you have a number of them. And Saying Goodbye is the one that you were talk, talking about today. Right. I want to thank our listeners for joining us, for being on our Twitter feed, for being in our chat room today, and for leaving comments. Um, Joe, thank you so much for being part of our listening uh, audience and educating them with your expertise and experience. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners tonight? Well, take charge of the holidays. You know, find your voice. Take charge of your holidays and enjoy them. Uh, 
you know, you know, accept the fact that there may be some negative in with the positive, but accept the negative and then take some action. Wonderful. Thank you. Those are really great actual steps. Thank you so much and have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can find all of our podcasts archived to listen at your convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can also become a Facebook fan of Conflict Connections or Twitter me at TX Conflict Coach.